All right. Uh, welcome to the Eric J. The Great Podcast Show. Got a, a special guest on the show today. Um, comedian, social media sensation, uh, Willie Ashford. How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. How you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing all right, man. Just taking it day by day. That's all you can do, man. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. All right, man. Uh, gonna play an unreleased song by uh, Cash Rich and uh, 2K Really Rich. They two uh, up and coming uh, hip hop artists. Yeah, right. You wanna press rewind? I'm alive. That doesn't mean I'm fine. Why we fight when we make up all the time? I to I, you be the one that I like. Yeah, right. You wanna press rewind? Yeah, I'm alive. That doesn't mean I'm fine. Yeah, why we fight when we make up all the time? Yeah, I to I, you be the one that I like. Yeah, you said you. Hey man, shout out to uh Cash Rich and uh 2K Really Rich, man. Uh on Instagram. Uh go um scream all their music on um all streaming platforms. But so, man, uh, first off, man, just uh, we just start from the beginning and just lead up to now, man. So uh, first off, man, uh, uh, tell the people your name, where you from, and uh, how old are you? Man, my name is, I go by The Willie Ashford. Of course, my name is Willie Ashford. I am, I just turned 30. Actually, I'm the 20th, man. So I just had a birthday. And I'm from Cleveland, Ohio, man. Born and raised, man. All right. Happy birthday, man. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, man. So uh, you got to tell me about Cleveland, man, because uh, I know it's crazy when uh, LeBron got drafted up there, man. I know how how I was in Cleveland years when he was up there, man. Man, I actually it's crazy because I remember when he got drafted. I had just that's when I had just started watching basketball too. So you would hear about like this dude from Akron that was just supposed to be like the next Michael Jordan, whatever. As a kid, you ain't really paying attention to it, but once. I didn't realize how good he was. He got drafted in 2003. So that's like when I really got into basketball. I didn't realize how good he was until about 2005. But it was crazy. It's Because, of course, I'm a diehard Browns fan. So 
the Browns is just, you know, being a Browns up and down, losing, and you get this guy, this kid that's like homegrown, Akron, like a few miles away, and he like, he one of us. And not only that, he ended up being one of the, immediately like one of the best players in the NBA. So the Cavs game was like, you had to go see him. Like I remember, I remember the first time I went to go see him play. Uh, I think it was in like 2006 or 2007 on Christmas. It was like a Christmas present from um, my auntie and my uncle. And he did like the powder toss and they get a crowd um, like this fake powder. So when he did his in the air, we all did it at the same time. Man. And it was it was like you had to go see him. So when he left, I never forget when he first left in 2010. <laughs> I ended up going downtown the day after he made the decision. When I say that was like the most gloomiest day, it was raining, it was dark outside, like it was a dog walking down the street limping. Like it, it man, it was, it was, man, that was a sad day. It was like, and then you seen him <laughs> taking his poster down. Like I would never forget that day. Like it was one of the saddest days. Like, dang, dude, dude, really gone. But somehow <laughs> we convinced ourselves that we were still gonna be good. Like when you lose LeBron, you're gonna be good. That that ship sailed quick, but. That I would never forget that. I just so happened, went downtown with my cousin. When I was like, you ever seen the movies where you see like uh, in the country and it's that big sack of hay going past like town? That's exactly how it was down there. It was depressing. He like, he built us up like as sports fans, we fell in love with him. Like, cause he was us. It wasn't just, he was nice. He was one of us. So when he left, man, that I'm talking about a sad day. It was thunderstorm. It was like a whole dark cloud over the city. Like, man, we about to really, we about to really suck. Because <laughs> he was used to going to the finals. He was he had got us to the finals, the playoffs. But man, it was crazy. Like the years of LeBron. Then he came back. Of course, he brought us one. And at that point, I wasn't mad at him after that. After he left again, because you 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 delivered. But yeah, LeBron, LeBron, LeBron. He that to me. I'm a um, a millennium, so of course me. He's my goat. I never really seen Jordan play, and it just wouldn't feel right saying Jordan the goat, and I never actually seen him play. I know how good he was. So, but for me, to me, LeBron the greatest to ever play. Make sure you uh, say that clip right there, so everybody else can hear me say that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. I'm a LeBron fan, man. I love LeBron. Uh, you know, uh, but I'm you know I was um, good at basketball. I still hoop now, and uh, okay. I know. Uh, I just uh, like he's in my top five, but Jordan just top dog for me, man. Like, hey, like how, how I'm, old are you? Uh, I'm 28. Man, okay. You know what? That's I okay. I can respect it, but usually, like, I'm not used to hearing. Like, definitely in my top three, though. Like, it's between him, Kobe, and Jordan. You feel me? Like, there's them three, and then everybody else behind them. So we can talk because I like I feel like I look at it like this: if you don't got Jordan, Kobe, or LeBron in your top five, then I really we ain't really got too much to talk about anyway. That's just me. Yeah, man. So uh, about your city, man. So um, kind of describe how you grew up um, as far as like some of the struggles you had to endure. You know, just growing up as a kid, teenager, for someone that ain't never been to Cleveland before. Just describe how it was growing up as a kid, teenager, and certain struggles. Um, so growing up as a kid, my um I lived with my aunt. My auntie took care of me and my mom. My mom wasn't fortunately, she wasn't able to like physically take care of me. So my aunt 
my older aunt Sarah, she took care of me and my mom. And we grew up in this area called Huff. Well, it's pretty much was like a bad area. Um, we lived in, um, they call them hot ride, high rises or something like that. We lived over there. So I really didn't too much go outside because we was a church family. So when I say like church, I mean like we went to Sunday, Sunday afternoon service, uh, Monday night prayer, Wednesday night Bible study, Friday night uh praise service like I was always in church and that's pretty much how it's structured even to this day now I still I'm always in church um I'm not going like during the week as much as I can definitely now because it's on zoom but Sundays I'm always in church that was pretty much my structure growing up um in Cleveland like I had had a lot of friends like over the years die young uh, whether it was gang violence or just a lot of it now even is health but it all it all depends on your area and your structure. Not even the area, the structure you have around you. Because if you don't have that right, I was blessed to have my aunt who was a church born woman. Then I had my uncle as I got older. He ended up once my aunt passed away, he ended up taking care of me. So I always had like a structure and someone leading me in the right direction to where I wasn't easily influenced of drugs or gang banging or anything like that. So Cleveland is man it is it's not the most popular city as far as you know people coming out doing stuff but it's so much talent here and i think the reason why you don't have a lot of people when i say it's like a lot of talent here like it's so many talented people here but what happens is if you don't have that village to keep that together and to speak life into you it's so easy to get into other things because you already from cleveland you already feel like i'm counted out anyway so you kind of feel like if you don't have that, those right people in your life pouring into you, it's easy for you to just be like, man, I'm just about to do this over here because what I'm trying to do ain't working. So I was blessed to have um, church going people in my life, uh, church men in my life to always just to watch how they moved. And as I was got older, I kind of wanted, OK, this is what I want to do. OK, so uh, do you have any siblings? No, I was the only child. But I grew up with my cousins. I have a, uh, which I guess you can call them my siblings. Um, I grew up with them. It My life was kind of in chapters. Because when I was born, my Aunt Sarah took care of me and my mom. And then I think when I turned 13, she passed away. Then I ended up moving in with my uncle, which was like a kind of a culture shock. Because my Aunt Sarah was young. Like, I mean, she was older. So you had to ask to go in the refrigerator you had to ask to go outside you had to anything you weren't just getting up doing anything so I remember my first night on my first day at my uncle house and my uncle was a preacher but he was also in the belief of yes you gonna know God but it's also a world out here that you gotta know like you gotta know what's going on out here so my cousin was just getting up going outside I was like man y'all ain't gotta ask to go outside they're like dude no do you want to go outside just go outside i was asking to go to the fridge and like dude go get some water like i was like y'all can go to the fridge without asking it was a complete culture shock and i remember my uncle um and i never forget this conversation he pulled me to the side he was like listen i'm a minister you know that you be gonna go to church but it's also a world out here that you have to know about i can't just coddle you and just you know you gonna know god but once you leave out the church, you got to know how to maneuver and survive out here after you get done praying. And that was like one thing still to this day, I even install in my kids. Like you're going to know God 
you're gonna understand who he is but it's also a world out there that you have to know like all right after i'm done praying what i do after that like i done prayed to god and that's what he installed in me and i feel like that was another chapter because i say like it was a complete like i was but they was going to house parties and stuff i was like man y'all can go to party they're like yeah because i just wasn't allowed to do that so that kind of that helped me as i got older to kind of come out my shell because i was just uh i was shy didn't really have confidence so that gave me like a little confidence and um you know just hanging around them they uh show me like certain things and like help build my confidence up so i wasn't this little nerdy kid no more yeah absolutely man so um do you um what type of activities you was into as a kid like did you play sports or anything like that i played football i wasn't good though um i played because my friends uh down the street they was joining the football team my uncle he was you need to find you something to do to something you ain't gonna just sit in this house so my uh my friend dre and them they was good at football and it was like man we about to go up the street come join the football team so i was like all right let's go join it so i'm thinking like you know you watch people on tv all right i'm just gonna do what i see adrian peterson or somebody do i'm gonna do what i see Ladamon thompson do man i remember this is when i knew no i'm not trying to hit nobody i don't want nobody hitting me it was this thing called nutcracking and uh you had to lay down on the ground so coach like when i blow this whistle everybody get up y'all both get up and y'all run at each other so he blew the whistle and i swear to this day dude had got up before me because before i even got on my feet he was already up and he just ran me right over so i was the kid doing hidden drills man i'm fading to the back of the line i'm trying to like dip off to go get the water <laughs> listen i wasn't trying to i was cool with sitting on that bench so the football <laughs> videos you see like half of them is because it was stuff I did but I was a track person track was was nice for me I ain't had to worry about hitting nobody nobody hitting me um I could just get in my lane and use my speed to run but football I played football I played basketball a little bit but track was really my sport football was just because I couldn't stay in the house all summer but yeah once I got that first hit I'm like I'm good this is I ain't built for this Y'all like running to each other. I still don't understand that to this day. I love football, but I don't understand how you would sign up and just run into somebody. Right. Yeah, I just tell people all the time, bro, like, because I play football too. Like, when it, like I said, like, we used to have probably about 60, 70 people on the team in high school. I said that first week of practice, about 25 of them going to quit when they make them go one-on-one. <laughs> Yo, yeah, listen, man, when them pads come in, I never forget my coach always say, all right, it's hitting day. We about to separate the boys from the men now. Like, yeah, if they don't come back, you realize, like, yeah. we it, Which is crazy. Like, we played this game called down a man, which was you would just get the ball and throw it in the air. Uh, whoever catch it, bro, yeah, you got to get going. Like, you got to score. Or, like, because everybody coming at you, man. Yeah, we call that, but where I'm from, throw them up, bust them up. Throw them up. Hey, man, that sounds even more brutal, man. <laughs> yeah, we used to play that when we get bored. Hey, let's play throw them up, bust them up. Now when I think back on it, I'm like, man, why was we playing that? Man, why was like, why was we doing that? Like, literally, like, everybody, you ain't got no blockers. You ain't got nothing. But you always had that one dude that could outshake everybody. Oh, that dude that was just just fast as hell. Like, man, just stupid, angle. fast, super athletic, just a man child. 
So like in your family, man, did you have anybody in your family that took like the the comedian route or someone close to you that was like in that field or you the first one? Man, so the household I grew up at, you had to learn how to, you had to have some jokes. Like you had to. And like I said, I was um, the nerdy one coming over. So once I came over, I was fresh meat. So it was like my cousins and them, and they had already grew up in like that roasting each other. So I had to learn quick. I had to be quick on my feet. So it was like, man, either I was going to, Either I was going to, like, learn how to, like, tell some jokes and say something back, or I was going to be the one off in the corner, like, getting uh getting getting roasted. So, not I had, like, people to tell jokes, but I wouldn't call them comedians. You just, you know, lunch table. You get to the lunch table in school, and you got to learn. You, you Listen, man, you got to own it. It's strong with survival. You're going to be sitting at the, you're going to be sitting at the end of that table, and <laughs> they going to come for you. So I had to, I had I had to learn just because my older cousins one day man they wasn't holding back. Absolutely, man. So as far as you know, um, you going down the comedy route and uh, becoming big on Instagram as far as your reels and things like that, doing the skits. What really led you down that route? So it started during um, the pandemic. Um, I kind of like, I always knew it was just something more that I wanted to do. I always wanted to do something more. I felt like God always had something more for me to do, but I never could kind of really figure out what that was. So finally I was like, all right, man, I'm about to really connect with God. I'm about to really figure out like, what is it that he, what is it that he wants me to do? Like, like, what is it that, cause I feel like everybody has a calling. We all, we all have a calling. But it's up to it's up to us to 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 seek God to figure out what that calling is. So what I did was I began to um really pray, really get in my Bible, and I started a podcast like when the pandemic happened with my um with my dude Alex Price. I started it with him and we started doing that. We did it for like a year. Then after a while, I kind of felt like, no, nah, this ain't it's still something else I'm supposed to be doing. So I end up, uh, I grew up in church. So I started off doing church skits. That was like when I really, really first started doing this because I grew up in a black church and they, I could just relate. So I end up telling him like, hey man, I know we're doing this podcast, but I feel like I should be just strictly doing this. And um, we talked about it, he understood. And I started doing that. And what happened was I got committed. I said, okay, every day for a year, um, I'm just gonna post content every day. I'm like, I'm gonna see what happens. I'm like, God, I'm gonna do no matter what, I'm gonna post a skit every day. And it's hard posting a skit every day, but I did it for a year every day. And around like a couple of months ago, is when like I really started to take off. And I feel like that's because like I kind of found like my lane and where I was comfortable at. Cause at first it went from just me doing church skits to me doing just straight relatable stuff. Um, the football coaching videos happen just cause I coach youth football. So like I see a lot and I feel like I try to find the joke and everything. Cause life is serious anyway. So I always wanted to be the person to make somebody laugh, but getting into comedy skits was just me um, 
finding my lane, finding my calling. And I feel like once everybody find what they put on this earth for, the sky's the limits because it opens up so much for you. And I love doing it now. I went from just doing it because I wanted to, I didn't want to work a nine to five no more. Like that was my goal to me now just doing it just because it's something I love doing. So it happened, the pandemic um, is what got me actually going this route and just really um, praying and seeking God and him showing me like, okay, this is what you're supposed to do. And the feedback I get from it, the comments, the response kind of keeps me going. Cause it's, it's, it's not easy. Definitely when you were up and coming um, on social media because you waiting for views and comments and it, it'll humble you if you really want to do it or not because you post a video and you get like two views that you're going to find out all right is this really what you want to do and what's how I just kept going I just didn't really care because I felt like it was what I was supposed to be doing then that's when I started noticing the progress and I started noticing people reposting and everything okay so um one thing I wanted to harp on is uh you uh was saying how hard it is to do a skit every day. I know I heard a lot of other people like Desi Banks and Country Wayne uh talk about that too, saying it it's hard, you know, coming up with material every day. So um kind of explain like your process when you like, you know, by yourself or however you go about doing it when you're thinking about something for the next day like how is that process so what i start doing is like um you can find a skit on your daily on your just life <laughs> period so what i started doing i got immune to if something happened at work i was i would just put in my phone like oh i'm gonna do the skit out of that and the next thing you know i got a list like full of even now i got stuff on my phone like ideas from like months ago that I haven't even did yet because really if you just I started just really paying attention to like my like my daily and I would see like being like I did one um like I was police I rode past the police one day and I got real nervous I was like man black people always get nervous when they ride past police so I end up writing that down and I end up doing like the different type of how people act and I don't write stuff out I need to start doing it. What I do is I'll just turn on the camera because me personally, I know what I, when I sit down to do a skit, I know the idea of, of how I want it to go. But the problem with that is when I bring other people in, the idea I have and how I want them to do it, I can't, I can explain it to them, but if it's not written down, they're not really understanding how I want them to do it because I could turn on my camera and record a skit and I'm like okay no, no I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna say this so that's one thing I'm trying to work on now is actually writing stuff out but coming up with skits is just really like I got kids so my oldest is only 11 he'll do something and I'm like that's a skit right there I'm gonna write that down like something happened to school something happened around the house or when you was just younger you just remember certain stuff and what happens is we all grew up in the same area in the same area area so it's like you it's relatable like man I do remember that like it was like that you couldn't say that so it was pretty much just me like I said like paying attention to my my daily life you'll find something and you'll find something funny like it's something probably happened to you today if you think back like man dang that was real funny and what I do is I just put it on camera 
And I guarantee you, if it happened to me, it probably happened to you at some point in your life too. You'd be like, dang, I never even thought of that. Absolutely. So, like, who was some of your favorite comedians, man, growing up, who you looked up to? Man, growing up, uh, I never told nobody this because I probably shouldn't have been watching him. But growing up, Eddie Murphy was, like, my favorite comedian. <laughs> I remember the first time I saw Delirious. Uh, that was when I uh, – I always imagine, like, picture myself, like, doing stand-up. I haven't done it yet. That's the next thing I want to work on. I want to do that. But um, Eddie Murphy, of course, Kevin Hart. Um, it was his church comedian back in the day. Uh, some lady, she was called Sister Cantaloupe. And it was like a, a comedian my aunt used to watch. And I watched her. She would tell the church jokes. Um, Cat Williams is, to me, might be. After Eddie Murphy, Cat Williams might be my uh, my next favorite one, but that would be like my top five. I would say Bernie Mac, um, Eddie Murphy, Cat Williams, Kevin Hart, and uh, the lady Sister Cantaloupe. So then those was like my favorite comedians. Okay, so you know, like anything in life, you got to build confidence in it. Like you could be good at something, yeah. but once you physically start doing it. You got to get the confidence to know that you really can pursue yeah. it. So when you first started putting these skits out, like um, when did you know that you you really could pursue this? Like, you know, when did you get the confidence? Man, it's so crazy you say it like that because I will put out certain stuff, but when I first started, I would hate seeing myself on camera. I just felt like I looked like so dumb and so stupid. But I had this, I had this point where I was like, man, that's what make it funny when you like, that's kind of like what make it, what make it relatable, what make people funny. Like I, so I got to the point to where I didn't care like how, if I started, if I looked goofy or not. But um, I think one of the first videos I did was different type of pastors in church. It was on TikTok. And that was like the first video for me, for me, that viral. And it hit like 250K. And I felt like, man, oh my God, here we go. I'm about to take off. Man, my next video got about 500 plays after that. And it was like, all right. But just for me having that first one, that built my confidence because I felt like, all right, if I could get that like this, then I know I could, um, I can get another one. But I tell people like this, if you started, the more you, it's just like practice. The more you do skits, the better you're going to get get at it. The more comfortable you're going to get at it, the more you're going to want to expand. Like I went from doing strictly church videos and being labeled myself a Christian comedian to now I just do all relatable. I took the Christian off. It's still clean comedy. I'm just a strictly a comedian because now I'm confident in just going and doing a skit at a store or outside or football skit, a dad skit, a mom skit. So that's when I knew I got comfortable when I started. I got away from the just the strictly church skit because that's all I was comfortable with doing. But the more you do it, I tell people all the time, the more you do it, the comfortable you will get at it. And the more comfortable you get, the more confident you get. You're not going to care like if you're looking retarded or stupid on camera. <laughs> Absolutely, man. So when you start rolling out these skits back to back, man, 
how was the city embracing you around this time? Because usually, you know, like the people that's close to you in your immediate circle, you know, they always, for the most part, going to support you. But it's different when you start, you know, going out your day and you might run into somebody on the street that you might not know that well. And they say, oh, I seen one of your videos or yeah. or they uh, just basically gave you positive energy saying, hey, man, keep doing what you're doing. So like uh, how was it around that time when you first started doing it consistently and people started noticing and embracing you? So it's funny you say that because that actually really, really now just started happening. Like I would have people in my circle or just people I knew that were like, man, I saw your video, but I did this not too long ago. This, um, if coaches, I started a series, if youth football coaches could keep it real and the first, very first video I did, I basically was telling like the mom that her son ain't got it. So it somehow just kept going all the way around. I was I was at my um son's football game one day, and he was getting ready to play. And I was talking to the coach, and this older lady, she walked past me. She like, "You look familiar." I'm like, "Do I look familiar?" She like, "Yeah, my son be watching you on the YouTube." I'm like, "You sure is me?" Just messing with her. She like. Yeah, I know it was you. I was like, I don't know if it was me. She's like, let me pull out my phone. So I was like, no, it was me. And it's crazy because, like, now kids run up to me like, I saw your video. You that dude that's doing all those videos. It's it's it's, it's a great feeling because now it makes me feel like, all right, now I know for sure I'm walking in my call. And I know for sure. It's like just confirmation because we always, we human. We want to we wanna be encouraged. We want people to, like, you know, something that we put time into and we put our heart and soul into. So it it's, I'm still kind of trying to get comfortable with accepting it because I always, I never want to come off as stuck up or arrogant. So I try to always make sure I'm telling people, thank you. I'm trying to get to the comments because I always want to make sure I remain humble because I know the bigger you get, you know, you got to know how to control your ego. And definitely as a man, as a male, our ego could, you know, go left. So I'm still trying to learn how to accept it and not just be like brush people off when they say it. But it's it's crazy. Like I'm known as the the comedian because I would never I wouldn't just going around telling people I'm doing videos. I would just post it. And what happened after that happened. So now people starting to like notice me. Uh, it, it It's it's a good feeling. It's just confirmation and it makes me want to keep going and makes me want to keep, all right, nah, really not a bar set because that video doesn't set like the bar up here. So now I'm real more, I would just post videos, but now I'm kind of more conscious on what I post, making sure can they relate to this or how would they take this? Or sometimes I will post a video just for controversy to see like what people talk. Like I did a video um how dads act um with their daughters versus their son and i will be nice to the son and i will be like no i would be nice to the daughter but i would be like yelling at the son about her room and in the comments i saw people arguing like that's not how it's supposed to go so but in a way that's good because if you in my comment section and y'all going at it that mean y'all seeing it y'all sharing it whatever but man just trying to just seeing people come up to me embrace my videos embrace me it just let me know like all right dude you doing you doing right you following the plan that god set for you just keep going out keep building building on it right 
So like a typical week for you, like what's a normal week for you as far as skits? Do you uh do you do skits seven days a week or how did that go? Um I do skits every day. I might if I miss a day, it might be a Sunday and I might do a repost. I might do that, but for the most part, I'm doing like six or seven days and I try to post around nine nine every day that's like the time i picked once i really stopped worrying about the quote-unquote algorithm i just say i'm just gonna post at nine so that way i'm catching the people that's on their phone at night scrolling most people wake up in the middle of the night check their phone i'm catching them and then it's going throughout the next day people that's on a break i'm catching them that was like my time where i was like if i post this time i'm gonna catch everybody so yeah i'm posting like nine o'clock every day p.m Easter time. Uh, that's what's up. So, like, as far as uh, when you first started getting into this field, what is something that caught you off guard that you didn't know about? Man, you really see, like, how people, um, depend, they'll look at your following and they may not like they may like look down on you because you may not have the following like I'm a person that I want to work with people you know I believe in like I said it's a lot of talent in this city so a lot of people may not they may like look at you and be like uh he only got this many followers man I ain't really gonna mess with him and then you know what I'm saying like I never want to be that person and also people will like people will steal your stuff too <laughs> like they like like no for real like people will and when I first started I wasn't putting my name my brand on my videos because I had there's a lot of this I had to learn and one day man I was scrolling through YouTube and my video popped up on somebody's page I was like and this dude he he only he had like maybe ten thousand subscribers on YouTube but my video was on there. And I and but and my name wasn't and you know you got ten thousand subscribers on YouTube you making profit off of that so I message I'm like hey man you know this is my video like I don't care about you posting it but at least you know give me credit tag me in it he was like my bad man blah, blah, blah. so I end up after I messaged him I end up scrolling through it was like a couple of my videos on there so that was like eye opening like man people will really make these pages. And to me, as a content creator, that's something that really irks my nerve because people take their time to make these skits for somebody to just, that may have more of a following to go just, it's one thing to just do the same skit. I reenact the skit I did, but to just take the actual video and then just post it on your page, that one, man, I'm not with that. Like, unless, you know what I'm saying, you tag me and it give me credit so people know where to go. But no, it's people that really make these, like, these pages and just post everything like I, some of your podcasts might be out there on somebody's page somebody might be might be making bank on one of your podcasts man you need to know about it oh no nah, i know they ain't making bank on mine i got all my stuff copyrighted okay <laughs> but um this is a uh, kind of unique interview man because you're the first comedian that i ever interviewed so as far as and uh, this is something I'm real curious about. So as far as the scene, um, 
just in your state and locally, how is the comedy scene? Like, have you uh, ran into any other local people that's doing similar stuff to you or people that's just doing strictly stand up or some or people in other cities in the same state as you that's doing similar stuff or stand up comedians? Man, it's um it's this guy out here now. His name is uh Mario Films. He does um skits too. He he real funny. He do like relatable videos too. He more of um it's clean too, but he's more of like the hood videos. I don't really do the hood videos, but you know what I'm saying? You grew up in the city, you can relate. Um it's a couple more. I just I can't think of names right now. I apologize, but I just started to Cause the deeper and the more I get into this, I kind of do come across more that's doing the same thing. And you kind of realize like, dang, man, I didn't really think nobody else was here doing that. But for sure, Mario films, man, he, he had a video uh, on the shave room about the chewing like steak and people get well done steak. And he was just chewing that thing for hours, man. It was hilarious, but it's a lot of, it's, it's a couple of people that do skits. I don't know any stand up comedians here, but I know people that's definitely doing, social media skits like that okay and um two-part question here do any of y'all collab and uh do you see yourself collabing with anybody that do similar stuff to you in the future he uh mario made a post a couple days ago saying me him and it's like two other guys we do the same skits we um saying we should come together and um start a comedy group so Hopefully, I'm always, like I said, I'm always down to working with anybody because I believe in the power of coming together and creating something. I think definitely as Black people, it's just, we we talented. We so talented. But I think at the same time, we so intimidated by each other. We, like, don't want, like, definitely if you're in the same field doing the same thing, it's more of, I want to make sure I get on. So if I'm working with you, what if they like you more than they like me? And I, I'm under the belief of it's, man, it's, it's, it's room at the table for everybody. And I'm confident in what I'm doing is that even if they do like yours more, it's a crowd out there that are like mine. So we, um, hopefully we do get together and we start doing that because I think for the city, definitely Cleveland is something positive. I think it'd be huge. I think it'd be dope. Because, like I said, they, it's just four talented guys. So I'm hoping we uh, can able we can be able to get that together and we can start that. I know everybody has a lot of stuff going outside, um, like fa- as far as families. But hopefully we can get that going. Hopefully, man, then y'all be on the lookout for that. Because it's I'm talking about dudes. It's funny, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to check them out, man, uh, uh, the other comedians around your city. So as far as uh, do you got any merch? Nope. So I'm still new to this. I'm still really like getting into, you know, trying to um, establish my brand. So if you got any advice for me, man, I'd take that. But I mean, I can get a shirt and a, a Sharpie and write my name on it and start selling it. We can call that merch. But other than that, no, man, I'm, um, I need to get into that. I was just been so focused on trying to build my brand up and build my following up. And get into that. Could, I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, there's one thing you could do, man. Especially, I've seen like a, a couple of your skits have hundred thousand. You can uh, do your link tree, 
because I'm in the process of doing that now. I got someone else that I'm cool with that does a podcast. And even though I um I'm I'm a little bit bigger than him, but he's doing stuff that I ain't do do with the merch. And I was like, yeah, I gotta get on that because until you start um making um like a substantial amount of social media, you know, that merch is like a quick hustle, especially people that genuinely like you and support okay. you. You know, you can come up with you a logo if you want to put your face on it or however you want to do it. And, you know, I know he had, he had jogging suits. He had top and bottoms. He was selling for 90. Then he had the shirts. He was selling for 20. Then he had uh, hoodies. He had, he had anything you think of. Man. And some of them he give out for free just for the spread, the word around his brand. And then uh, some of them he sold. So, and he said he always took like a couple, if he go out of town, he'll take about four or five uh, fits with him just in case he ran into somebody, you know, just spread the word around. Yeah, I mean, give me some shirts and my face on. I like that. Yeah, get you a cool logo, man. That'd be dope because, you know, you got all the people. That you, don't know, you, you don't know how many people go to your page and just rewatch old videos. You probably don't post it a month, two months ago. So, so that link. That's your- starting to happen, too. Like, somebody commented on a video I posted months ago, like, Man, I forgot I even posted that video, man. Huh? <laughs> I swear, I was like, and it was like looking at like the quality and like the vi- that that video, and I was like, man, that's a bad video, like compared to where I'm at now. But people still like them. Absolutely. What would you say is your most successful skit so far? Oh man, the um, the the if youth football coaches keep it real that one that that one's still going that when i say yo that video is uh, all of them is start to you know what i'm saying gather someone but when i say that one like the carrying carrying my page right now and the funny thing about that video man when i got done recording that video i kind of like I, i'll never forget that day i was literally about to take my son to football practice and in my time frame i like to record um, before I take them to practice. So when we get out, it's already ready. All I can do is just um, go on the drafts and just press in. I was kind of rushing. And that was the most frustrated I got doing the video because um, cars was in the background, kept coming by. And I kept like, I kept missing. I kept trying to like, do, it was it was a certain way I wanted it. And I just had to keep doing it over and over. I would say I was so frustrated at that video to the point I got done. I was like, man, I'm just about to press in. Whatever happened, happened. So I posted the video. A week went by. It had like a few thousand views. And it was like two weeks later, for some reason, I don't know what happened, who got hold of it. That video just stopped, started going viral. It just kept going and going. And in like the span of three weeks, it got to like 700,000 views. I was like, dang, this boy about to hit a million. And um, Sean Marion, who used to play for the Phoenix Suns, he ended up reposting it. He actually commented on it. I was like, because it said Matrix. I'm like, man, Matrix 31. It's only one person. And I'm a sports fan. I was like, man, it's only one person I know named Matrix. I clicked it, and it was him. And then um, Benjamin Watson, he's a tight end for the Browns and the Saints and the Patriots, he ended up post reposting it in another one of my videos. Um, Ryan Hollins, he was playing the NBA, he ended up reposting it. It just got to going around and around. 
And I was like, man. And from that point, I had did another one. That one, same thing. People started liking that one. So I was like, okay, people like these youth football coaches videos because everybody was saying, like, yo, I'm a youth football coach. I feel the same way. Everything you just said to that lady, <laughs> I said it because I was just basically telling her, like, yo, your mans don't got it. He don't even want to play football. But the thing about that video, I tell people, if it's in a skit, it happened in real life. I done had a conversation about it, about people like forcing their kids to play sports or whatever, or picking their kids up late. So I, they like, how you come up with these? I'm like, if it's in a skit, it'll happen. I'm not just making it up. It literally don't happen. But that football, that that uh, first one is use football coaches and keep it real. That that's that's my most successful one right now. Okay. So uh when you're not in the comedian grind and doing skits, man, what's some other stuff that you like doing in your spare time? Family. Um family, my um son, he for the most part, my oldest one, he plays football. Um, he's really good. He way better than I was. I told him, I had to check your birth certificate, man. I don't know if I'm your real daddy, man. I wasn't doing all that. Like he he real, he he a dog for real. He real good. And um my daughter. She runs the house and my middle child, that's, um, I call him um, my smart one. He loves school and my wife. So just family because it's work, then family, and then comedy. But they support me when I do this. They know my um, my goal and my dream I'm chasing. So they, my number one support system, my wife, always racing to be the first person to comment <laughs> under my videos or repost my videos. But when I'm not doing skits, um, family, family, we had football games. It's a family event when my son is playing football um, around the house, watching movies. But that's about it, man. I don't really go out. I don't go clubbing. I don't do none of that. It's social media, family. Well, first it's faith, family, then social media. Okay. So, man, so uh, kind of explain, man, short and long-term goals, man. What's your short and long-term goals that you want to achieve, man, with this uh, career right here? Man, my long-term goal is I want to – my uh, brand is Ashford Entertainment. I want it to be like a, a production company. I want it to be like a social media content creator. But I, what I, my main goal for it is – Everything I learned, I had to learn like on my own, like ups and downs. So my goal is I want to help up and coming comedians and people that's trying to get started on social media. Any knowledge I can drop to them. I want to be like, hey, I have this company over here. I'll invest in you. Come do this. Of course, um, I'm working on um, this comedy podcast. I want to start that. But short term goal right now is. Around this time next year, I want to be a full-time paid content creator. I'm almost there. I'm so close. Um, but that's like my short-term goal. I want this to be, because I love doing this. And it's, I feel like once I can become a full-time paid content creator, it's so much more I can do because right now I wake up, I go to work. And I always feel like, man, if I have more time to do this, it's so much stuff I got written down that I haven't even tapped into yet. And I can't wait to tap into it. But Asher Entertainment, I kind of wanted to be like Kev on Stage Studios. He's a guy that I'm following. I, I love his work. I love what he's doing. He started off just like me. And, you know, this stuff, I realize this don't happen overnight. So I tell people all the time, you just can't 
go through the process. You got to enjoy the grind. You got to enjoy the process because it ain't going to happen overnight. It's going to take time. And I believe in if I put the work in, if I do what I'm doing, God's going to take care of the rest. So I, I learned to enjoy what I'm doing. I love doing this. I love the reactions I get and the feedback I get. Even if people don't like it, I love to hear people critique my stuff. So that way I know what to do. So short-term goal is full-time pay contract creator, learn time goal to long-term goal. I want to make sure Astro Entertainment is a top content creator production company. I want everything like to be up under that, my videos. I want to get to the point to where I'm posting on social media, but I don't need to. I just do that just because that's where a lot of people at. But I want to have my own app to post my stuff because I got suspended for some little stuff that I said on the video. Like, I don't curse or nothing. I think I said um, dumb or something like that. And they like suspended me for that. And that was like, okay, I need to start getting my own platform. So because I already don't say nothing crazy. And it's like, man, I've seen some crazy stuff on social media. So that's some stuff I'm working on. My goals, I want to make sure I'm working towards accomplishing those now. Okay. So uh, what you got coming up for the rest of the year, man, and beginning 2023? Um, Coming up for the uh, – right now I want to make sure I'm on the grind trying to get to 10K on IG. And I want to – I'm in the process of learning how to do stand-up. I feel like that's the area – I need to, I have to start doing, I've never done it. It's one thing to get behind this camera and make a video. It's a whole nother level standing on that stage, people staring at you and you trying to tell jokes and get them to laugh. And I feel like once I get in that area and I'll learn how to do that. um, And I learned how to write a joke and to present a joke and tell a story. Cause I just got confident doing this. And I feel like I need to go do it and probably fail at it <laughs> so I can go back. But I want to um, start doing stand-up, of course. My podcast, I want my podcast to be up and running by the, the beginning of the year. I'm working on that, jot some things down. I love sports and I love comedy. So I kind of wanted to be trying to find a way to mesh that together. Obviously, sports and comedy, so... I kind of got an idea of what I'm going to do. So just, yeah, be on the lookout for that. Okay. And um, as far as um, um, dang, man, I just lost train of thought. I was just thinking about what you just said. Uh, you said um, dang, bro. <laughs> Oh, this Dang, man. How old? You said you're 28? Yeah. You sure you ain't 38? Oh, nah. Some of that military age, man. <laughs> yeah. Military age, add, add, add years on your life? Yeah, man. I know uh, you were saying that you wanted to... Um... I was saying I wanted to do stand-up. Oh, yeah, stand-up. Yeah, that's what I was going to do. So... Stand up. Uh, have you ever thought about um, hitting some of the local comedy clubs and, you know, just being like an opening act or doing, you know, I know I know around here in Louisville, they even be having like opening acts for like upcoming comedians where it'd be like number upcoming comedians telling jokes or sometimes they 
have open acts for like a, a real comedian might come. He might not be like the biggest comedian, but people know who he is and somebody local will open up for him or something like that. So this what, I promise you, it's crazy you say that, man. This is what I was going to do. Because I don't know if we have any of those here in Cleveland. Maybe in other spots in Ohio, I might have to drive to. But I don't know if we actually have those in Cleveland. But what I wanted to do was I was going to start, because we have like a younger crowd in my church and an older crowd. I was going to start asking different churches, hey, you had this event. Let me get like five or ten minutes to just come and tell these jokes. Because now people starting to know me they starting to know who i am so i feel like if i could just start doing that and to see okay i'm right here and then eventually work my way out branch my way out but i want to start i think i want to start like going into churches you having like a, a conference or something hey let me come and tell these jokes let me come in and open for you and do this so i think that's where i started like i said i know in columbus they have they have clubs like that which i think columbus may be like a half not even half hour, an hour and a half away, maybe further, two hours actually. And I could drive out there and do that. But I don't know if they have nothing like that at Cleveland, man. Okay. Yeah, I know. Um um stand up is a is an art, man. Like a lot of people, man, they get crushed on on that stage, man. It's it's a, it's a beast, man. Yeah, it's like I said, you Listen, man, and definitely most of them is at, like, clubs where people eating. So you up there trying to tell your jokes while people Got putting their ketchup on their food. <laughs> it's like, ain't nobody listening to your jokes. But I, I I heard, like, some of the greats, man, they 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 bomb. So it happens. And, you know, it's going to happen. But to me, it's like how you bounce back after that. that that's going to tell you whether if that that's gonna let you know if that's something you want to do or not so i actually can't i can't wait for i can't wait for it to happen because i know we all have a point where we don't succeed and that's where you learn like who you are so actually i can't wait i'm excited to, to get into that and look i'm very encouraged man i don't know if anybody told you this before but i'm very encouraged to see someone doing um clean company not saying that there's anything wrong with the other company because we grew Absolutely, up. Absolutely, yeah. But, you know, um, Country Wayne, you know, he's the big, one of the biggest comedians out now, and he does clean company. Yeah. He was the the first one that I could think of off the top of my head to get to his level and be, like, strictly clean. And I, clean. and I think that's what – was real big inspiration for you coming after him, knowing that y'all do similar comedy where y'all not cussing and things like that. And I was talking to my friend the other day and I was like, I know I got some hip hop artists I listen to that's like clean hip hop. Like they talk, they got the, they got the hip hop sound. Like they sound ag aggressive, but they're not talking about killing and all that other stuff. So, so it's pretty cool that, um, we got people out here that's uh, doing clean stuff and they make you more marketable too once you get to a, a bigger level because, you know, once you start getting endorsements and things like that, you know, people ain't got to uh, try to question your image or nothing. The yeah. reason why they not try to give you an endorsement or something. 
It was important to me too because, like I said, I have younger kids, and I wanted to make videos that they could watch too, that their friends can enjoy. Um, and to me, like you say, it was all about image. That that was never the image I wanted to to have. I didn't want people to look at me like that. You know, they already expect us to be that way anyway. Anyway, as um as black men. So for me, I put emphasis on that. Like I wanted my kids to be able to watch it and tell their friends and their friends tell their friends and they spread around. And, you know, I thought about older people. You know, I wanted them to be able to watch my comedy. And I feel like to me, you know, it's easy to make a skit that's like just cussing and whatever. But the challenges of making it and it's clean and it's funny I feel like that's more you really have to think and you really have to dig down because now you know what I'm saying you try to make sure okay I want to make sure everybody can enjoy this and a lot of people kind of look down on like clean comedians but like you said Country Wayne is hilarious man Kev on stage he's another one he don't curse he's he's hilarious so like I look at people like that like I, I mean I can do that it, it, it needs to be more of us because I think people are used to the loud cursing, you know, yelling and all of that. I just never, I never want to be that person. And I don't knock people that do that, you know. That's for me personally, that was just nothing like I ever, I never really wanted to do that. I know my standard was. And I was like, I vowed, like, okay, this is my standard. This is what I'm going to do. And I'm not moving from it. Nobody's going to change me ever. Absolutely, man. And I think. It just have to be a rotation of y'all coming out and y'all elevating and getting to levels to where they ain't got no choice but to support you. And then people would just be like, well, it's here now. So we might as well embrace it type of thing. You know what I'm saying? And now that I think about it, man, you brought that up. That might like, that might be another reason why a lot of people, it might be hard for me to work with people because I don't really do like the crazy, I don't, or drinking, smoking, all of that, and cursing. I don't, I'm just, that's not me. And again, I'm not knocking it. But even, you know, I don't do none of those videos like that. For So either will have to be a point where if I'm not doing videos like that, can I really put myself in a group to where people doing videos like that too? Because that's not what I do. So it's, it's, it's a lane that I know I'm in. I regular, I prefer to just... I'm going to stay right here. I'm going to do this. And I feel like my blessings and everything going to come just for me sticking to my guns. Absolutely, man. So as far as our closing remarks, man, anything else that you want to um, say to the people that you got going on and things like that and uh, let people know how to find you on social media? Uh, man, one thing I would like to say to people, man, I tell people this all the time, um, find your purpose. When you find your, like, first off, connect with God or whoever it is you worship or serve or whatever. And once you do that, you know, you find your purpose. And once you find your purpose, your life will just change. We all are here. We all are here on the time clock anyway. Like we all not going to be here forever. So why not when you're here, find out why God have you here. And it's one thing, and I've been that person that just been working jobs, just miserable, not enjoying what I'm doing. It wasn't until I really connected with God until I asked him and I found what my purpose was. And I got into this clean sketch comedy to where, like, my life, I feel like, and I told my wife this, 
I just turned 30. I really feel like my life just beginning because I feel like now I'm really walking in my purpose. So just everybody find out what makes you happy. Find out what you want to do and just commit to it. Like try to go like I went here with just posting comedy the whole year and my life started to change. Like find out what it is you want to do and be consistent with that for a year and just watch what happened, man. I'm telling you, just be consistent with it. Stick to it and don't let people discourage you. It's one thing to go to. You ever went went to somebody with an idea and they first remark was, I mean, or well, and it's like, it just kind of altered your whole plan. Now you doubt it. Don't share your your ideas with everybody because um, everybody don't understand the idea you got. Like you may tell me something and I might not get it, but that's because that's your idea. Like it wasn't given to me. And it's so easy for us to, because we be so excited when we have these new ideas we want to tell somebody because we want people to relate to it and people could just kill your dreams. So, and people could just, it could be like the next, you feel like, I know this going to work. I know this what it is. And one comment could just alter all of that and you start second guessing yourself. So find your purpose, walk in it and just be consistent, man. That's the number one thing I could tell people is be consistent. And as far as finding me, man, on Instagram, I am the Willie Ashford. Also on YouTube, I'm the Willie Ashford. That's T H E E W I L L I E A S H F O R D. The Willie Ashford. Um, on Facebook, it's just Willie Ashford. And I'm on Twitter, but I'm really not on Twitter. I I really Twitter be upsetting me, man. But if you want to find me on Twitter, I'm on Twitter at the Willie Ash. That's T-H-E-E-W-I-L-L-I-E-A-S-H. Absolutely, man. Like, uh, first interview, man, as a comedian on the show. Yeah, my first one, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Uh, No problem, man. Uh, Like I said, man, like I tell everybody, man, anytime uh, you want to come on a podcast, man, uh, you come on anytime. I don't just do interviews. I do uh I interview music artists business owner and I talk about real stuff like stuff that I know people come across in their everyday life whether it be 50 50 in relationships child support uh should you kick your kid out at 18 years old uh like real stuff you know what I'm saying police brutality like you know anything that so- I think someone's gonna come across at some point in their life uh and um you know you can come on anytime you know, I do, I record multiple times a week. I'm always doing a podcast at least once a week. So, you know, or if you need to um, put something out to the people, uh, you know, you can hit me up anytime, bro. I thank you, man. I appreciate it. This was fun, man. First one, I feel like I did good, man. I try not to talk too much. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. You know, I like uh, doing this, man. It's uh first thing I had a passion for since I was playing sports, so. Um, I actually like doing this and I like the effect that it have on people, especially when I was um, talking about real stuff. I had people come to up to me or uh, what hit me afterwards and be like, you know, I really needed that because I did an episode on something they was going through at the time. And I, you know, and then it was, it was like a vent for them. You know what I'm saying? So. Man, I appreciate it, man. I'm definitely, definitely going to come back on. You know what, man? 
when I do when I, when I do my first stand up one, I'm gonna come on before that. But definitely when I do my first stand up one, I'm gonna make sure I come on and tell you about it too, man. Oh yeah, absolutely, man. I think you'll do good on uh, your first uh, stand up, man, because uh, you authentic. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, a lot of people uh, might try to overdo it. You know, when they get up there, but I think you will keep it simple and you know just try to be straight to the point. I mean, all of it is comedy and and jokes at the end of the day. I mean, yeah, yeah. It, some people can relate to it. Some people don't. You don't mean that it ain't funny. It just you might just ran against some people that it didn't relate. Didn't... Yeah, you just don't understand. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, man, uh, this episode will come out in in, in December. Unless you want to um, drop it earlier, you just let me know. Okay. But yeah, man, this concludes the episode of Eric J. The Great Podcast. I appreciate everyone uh, to support the podcast. It's on 13 different streaming platforms. Um, appreciate everybody that's uh, subscribed to my YouTube channel. I want to give a special shout out to all my supporters. We had 2,000 subscribers on YouTube now. So I uh, appreciate everyone supporting me. And then I keep giving you guys great content every week like I've been doing. And uh, have a good night, bro. And uh, I'll be looking at the, all your funny videos, man, that you put out, man. I'm a, uh, a skit junkie. Like, I, I like I'm about to go post uh, one now, man. <laughs> Before I yeah. go to bed, yeah. I like to laugh, man. So, like, freaking, I like looking at, you know, Desi, uh, Ha Ha Davis, all of them. Man, yeah, they're my dudes right there, man. <laughs> I like them too, man. All right, man. You have a good night, bro. You too, man. Peace, brother.